So um, I don't know if you've ever been sharing your faith with someone. Uh, as a pastor, I have the luxury of being able to talk to anybody about God at any time. And I kind of get a, a free pass because they figure that it's my job. And so they kind of like go, well, whatever, you know, and, and they let me t- talk, talk about Jesus is pretty cool. Um, but invariably what happens is uh, as I'm talking or um, we're, we're just kind of talking about you know, life, uh, somebody will say, it seems to me that, that, that Christianity or religion or whatever is just a series of do's and don'ts. You know, it's, it's just a bunch of do, do's and don'ts. And I, maybe you're here for the first time. You, you've, you're, you're just trying to figure out this whole thing of spirituality or a life with God or whatever. And maybe that's, that, that's crossed your mind. You're just like, you know, I don't, I don't want you know, uh, something that this going to be like, don't do this. And don't, let, let, let's put it this way. I don't want someone taking the fun out of my life, right? If it's just a series of do's and don'ts. And maybe if you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a long time and you've been sharing your faith with people, this has come up. Is, is Christianity just a series of do's and don'ts? And, uh, you know, when I would talk to people, my first inclination is to push back and go no 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 that's not it at all and i talk about it's not a religion it's a relationship and i you know do all that kind of stuff back and forth but i i've been a christian now for i don't know like at least four or five years and um and yeah it was right after i i I became pastor here i think is when i found jesus uh no um but as i kind of go through the scriptures and as I go through life, and I kind of have made every mistake you can make, and, 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 and uh, it, it is a bunch of do's and don'ts. And that's okay. <laughs> like, I, like I, at first, I, I'd try to like, no, oh, it's, it's not. It's, it's re-. Ultimately, yes, it's, it's more than that, of course. But if you think about it, isn't really all of life a series of do's and don'ts? And as a matter of fact, isn't everything we value do's and don'ts? I mean, if we're going to push back, if, if it's going to be like, no, no, it's not. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's just, it's about relationship. Like, you know, don't, don't even say that. No, say it. Celebrate it. Christianity is a series of do's and don'ts. Now, we're going to get into this in a little bit. But if you think about your marriage, okay, it's, a, it's, it's do's and don'ts. <laughs> Right? There's a framework that, that a healthy marriage thrives in. And, and, you know, imagine if, you know, you come home on a Friday night, man, and it's been a long week, and you say to your wife, hey, baby, remember I was going out tonight? And she goes, yeah, yeah, you're going out with your friends. No, no. Well, I, I was going to go out with my friends, but um, you know Karen from work, the one that's uh, like three cubicles down? Um, and she's like, yeah, the one that looks like a model? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that one. Um, I'm, I, I asked her to, out to dinner. It's going to be great. She's really nice, right? Now, imagine your wife says, well, you, you, you can't do that. And you come back with, oh, I see. Our marriage is just a series of do's and don'ts. Fine. Find that I, I, won't, I won't do what you don't want me to do, and I'll go, oh, come on, right? Now imagine if your wife, if the logic works, and she's like, wow, I, boy, I didn't know you'd put it that way. I mean, I don't want it to be just do's and don'ts. 
okay, go have a great time. Right? The logic doesn't, it doesn't work. If you, if you get pulled over, okay, and, and you, know, you get a traffic stop and the cop comes up and you know, pulls out, you know, you know, you know how they, anyway, um, and I don't, I've just seen this happen. Um, but he pulls out his baton, you know, taps on your window, you know, you, you know, comes down and, and, and the, the police officer says, uh, you, you, know, you know what the speed limit is here? Yes, I do. It's thir- 30 miles an hour. You know how fast you're going? I was going 60 miles an hour. I know that for a fact because I, I had it pegged right on 60. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. And he goes, you know what, man? This whole driving society thing, all these stoplights and, you know, all this kind of stuff and speed limits. I, it's just a series of do's and don'ts, right? And the cop, you know, is like, wow, man, your, your logic is impenetrable. Uh, I, I did, man, I, I feel horrible about this. Why don't, you go, why don't you go on ahead and just don't speed? There I go again. Just, uh, you know, do what you want, man. Go, go ahead, right? Like, all these things, all of life, everything important to us, really can be boiled down to a series of do's and don'ts. And I don't think it's something to back off of. See, as I look in the scripture, what I find is that God, our heavenly father, loves us. And he's designed us a certain way. Do you know that your heavenly father has made you in his image? Even if you're female, young, old, in between. God has made you in his image. He knows how you should run, how you should operate. He wants you to participate at the highest level of existence you can. I know that sounds kind of esoteric and weird and everything, but God doesn't want you just coping in life, just surviving, just kind of going through life, going, well, here comes another day. God wants you thriving. I want to show you a, a, a section of scripture. We're, we're in this series called The List. And basically what God's done is he's, he's listed out um, these, these qualities that if we were to really focus on these qualities in our lives, God has made certain promises in this section of scripture that will apply to us as we kind of go through that. And it's super exciting. The problem is it's kind of if you don't do it, you're in trouble. As a matter of fact, in verse 9, which isn't up, up there when we get to it, it says if you don't do it, you're blind and short-sighted, which blind kind of is no-sighted, so I don't know how that all works out, but you're blind and you're short-sighted. You can only see the stuff right in front of you. And what we talked about last week was that's kind of where some of us are. It's like if we get a pink slip, that's all we can think about. If, if there's... If there's um, you know, something going on in our relationships, it's all we can think about. If, our, if there's something wrong with our kids, all we can think about, right? We get short-sighted. If we have financial problems, it's just, fi- you know, I just think, oh man, if I get another bill. And God wants us outside of that. The other thing about rules is that really when it comes down to it, we don't mind rules and we don't mind do's and don'ts for you, <laughs> See, the problem we have is the do's and don'ts for us. Like, we don't mind everybody obeying all the traffic laws, although I would, sometimes I would like people to speed a little bit more on the freeway so that 
I, I'm not stuck behind them. But, but I mean, we, we, we love rules for everybody else. It's just for us that we don't like. And so when you're, when you're driving and uh, you need to get over because your off-ramp's coming up and you cut somebody off and they um, gesture to you, uh, right? It's, that is totally, I mean, that's unfair. They don't know. You're in a rush. Don't they know that? I mean, you've got things. You've got to get home. There's a sports game on. You, got, you have freezing, you know, like, uh, frozen dinners in the back, and they're melting. Like, how dare that person uh, gesture to you? And, 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 and then, but when you get cut off, or I get cut off, what, you know, why should we call down fire upon their car, God? Get them. You know, because they're just doing it to get at me for some reason. What did I ever do to them? Of course, I never gesture. But my point is, <laughs> I want to rain down fire. I want them to obey the rules, but I get a little bit of leeway because once you understand my circumstances, where I'm coming from, then, you know, it, 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 it's all better. And this, we're starting to get into the problem before we even get into the very first word of the list the problems that we face when we begin to look at Christianity as a, a bunch of do's and don'ts. Let me read this to you, and some of this will be reviewed from last week. But Peter makes this extraordinary statement, a, a, an incredible statement to all of us here. He says, His divine power, this is God's divine power, the God of the universe, the God who created the universe, who, who it says... Throughout the stars, right? Through them out and knows them by name. He knows all the hairs on my head that I lost this week. I've named them, actually. No, Charles, come here. You know, uh, right? No, but he, he, knows all, he knows all that stuff. That God with that divine power, the one who knows your heart, the one who knows your intentions, the not, one that knows that you're just doing that to look good or the one that knows, hey, you were doing that and you didn't tell anybody. He knows everything. That God, his divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. It's already been done. He's given it to us. Everything you need for life and godliness. Life, that's just life. Everything where you live, going to work, getting cut off on the freeway, having your son or daughter come home and say, you know, I'm doing whatever, uh, I'm joining the foreign legion, whatever, whatever, it, whatever life brings you, God has provided by his divine power everything you need. And godliness, those things where, we, where, we're, where we're trying to make the right decision, where we try to get that eternal perspective, that we try to look at life as more important than just that mundane day-to-day stuff, that there might be actually a spiritual life outside of this physical life. The physical life, that's life, and godliness, the spiritual life. His divine power has given us everything. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I want you to, if you kind of, you can circle that word goodness. Essentially what it means is um, moral excellence. And it's actually the first word of the list. Goodness. It's the same word. Here's what God's saying. Through his divine power, he's given us everything we need. Through his glory and his goodness. Now watch. 
It says, through these, he's given us very great and precious promises so that through them, and here's, here's just the kicker, through them, we may participate in the divine nature. In other words, as I was saying before, how God has created you in his image and he knows the best thing for you and the best way to enjoy life and the best way to go from one thing to another and the best way to raise your kids and the best way to be a worker and the best way to be a good student. He knows all of it. He knows everything. He wants you during that time to participate in the divine nature. That is an extraordinary statement. It means that God believes that we can live outside of our circumstances. No matter what comes along, God wants us to participate in this divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He says, for this very reason, for what reason? The reason that we can participate in, 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 in the divine nature. Like, that's the carrot, I guess, if you will, that's being held out in front of you. Because of this, make every effort. That means to go after it. Whatever it costs you, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to give up, make every effort. And last week we said to check out the list. Well, this week we're going to look at this first thing, to add to your faith goodness. Now, what I want to do is I want to go over some of these words because they're very important, okay? To add to your faith. What does it mean to add to your faith? What's that word faith? That word there, faith, is salvation. Essentially, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. You know, when we say share your faith, what we mean is there's this relationship that people who say that have with Christ. We say, I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to share this relationship with Jesus with others. Th- that, that's just salvation. And the way we get that is not by good works. It's not by if I give enough money, if I, um, if I stop cussing, if I stop cussing God, well, then, then I made it. Or if I help out poor people. Uh, then I made it. If I stop treating my wife or my husband that way, or I stop looking at that or eating that or smoking that or all this, it, like once I get done with doing all those things, those do's and don'ts, then I'll earn salvation. That is not what it's saying. We get salvation. We get this faith by the grace of God. We, we, we can't earn it. And God knows this. And that's why part of it, he says, cease striving and know that I'm God. He's provided a way, and that's through Jesus Christ. And, and so as we kind of live this life, um, uh, we can't do anything to measure up to what God ha- has for us. And so God sends his son Jesus to die to make that payment so that we can spend eternity with him, so that we can have this relationship with him. And so when we confess with our mouth that we're, we're, we're a sinner and we can't do it, and we believe in our heart that, that Christ Jesus was, died on the cross for our sins, was buried and was raised three days later, that power of that resurrection brings us into a relationship with God. As we confess and we, and we believe, we are saved, okay? And we have this faith. Now, that's great, it's great to be saved. I'm glad to be saved. Good, yay, get out of hell free card or whatever, right? But the list is telling us about something way more than that. 
The list is saying, now that you've got that faith, we're going to start adding to it. We're going to start building on it. We're going to start doing things and saying things and learning things in a way that all of a sudden you begin, your eyes begin to be open to go, you know what? Last week, I kind of participated in the divine nature a lot better than the week before. I'm starting to understand what it's like to walk with Christ, not just being saved. So that's the first thing we want to understand. We're not adding to our faith like faith is the insurance of things hoped for, right? Not, it's, not like, it's not like, oh, if we, if, we, if we get more faith, we'll be able to, you know, move mountains or walk. It's not that faith. Now that you're saved, essentially, we're going to add some things to it. And the first thing we're going to add is goodness. And what goodness means is the do's and don'ts, the rights and wrongs. The New American Standard calls it moral excellence. You're going to add to your faith moral excellence. In other words, guess what? You've been saved. You've been bought with a price. You've been redeemed. Now it's time to live like it. And we don't do this to earn our salvation, like I mentioned. We do it to actually bring our salvation to fruition, to bring restoration the way it was supposed to be. The way Second Peter talks about it is we participate in the divine nature. Now, there's another thing to notice here. We'll talk about this goodness uh, in, in just a little bit. <clears throat> and this is very important, okay? Because what tends to happen is, as we begin to look at do's and don'ts and things that God's working on our heart, we tend to take our eyes off of ourselves and we start looking at each other, okay? One, one, of, the, one of the series uh, times in our, in our um, history where we began to do this uh, was an era called the Holiness Movement. Um, uh, this this denomination was birthed out of the Holiness Movement, as was the Nazarene and all this kind of stuff. And there was a time, and you, if you're old enough, you probably remember this, where you, you couldn't play cards, right? You couldn't um, play a board game that had dice, because those are the devil's ice cubes, right? You can't just, you can't, you can't you, right? I don't know if you remember that. Okay. You couldn't roll dice. But so, here, so here's the thing. So it started getting this kind of like convoluted, like, like, which is fine. You know, if you don't want to roll the devil's dice cubes, you don't do it. But uh, you couldn't dance. You couldn't go to movies. You couldn't listen to secular music and all this kind of stuff. And there were some really great things that came out of the holiness movement. Uh, really great holiness and, and a lot of great um, judgmental spirit between us. So the, um, but here's what happened during the holiness movement. All of a sudden, in, in the attempt to become more and more holy, the church began to legislate holiness for everybody. And this is one of the things that happens as we begin to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. There are two things that happen. One is, as God begins to work in my life, and maybe God says, you know what, John? You use the term idiot a lot when you drive. And, uh, and, so, um, and so I... All of a sudden, God begins to work on my heart. You know, I, I, I want, you, it's, it's just an avenue of where you're just getting too stressed out. You're putting too much stock in other people's, just stop using that word. So I stop using the word and I start going, man, you know what? I am kind of calm right now. And then I hear Nate use the word idiot. And I go, dude, that is not what God wants you to do. You don't ever use that word around me. You see how that happens? There's another thing that happens. As we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, God gives me certain freedom. 
There are things that God isn't convicting me on. Doesn't. Idiot, you can't use. Stupid, you can use it all you want. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Right? It's a bad example, okay? But I'm just going off the cuff here. I didn't come up with any examples. Uh, so, so God's working uh, uh, this freedom with me. And then I meet a Christian where God says, I don't want you using the word stupid. I use the word stupid. And they say, well, you can't. I say, hey, find it in the Bible, bro. Find it in the Bible. Tell me where I'm wrong. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. Show me. Show me where I can't use that word, right? Well, you know, and so then you go back and forth and all stuff. This is not what the list is for. Okay? It's not for me to promote my freedoms and so that, so that to try to convince you that you can, you can live. If the Holy Spirit's working on you on something and not on me, my job is not to convince you it's not the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit's working on me in an area of my life, it's not my job to tell you that he should be working on your life. Now, there are things all through Scripture that we can all agree on. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a really good list of 10 of them uh, in, in the Old Testament of things we can all agree on that, look, yes, I'm certain the Holy Spirit is telling us both not to kill each other. I'm fairly certain we can create a good thing. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about these periphery things that we can all kind of go through our lives and, and kind of understand, you know, like, well, what about this? And what about that? Those are the types of things I'm talking about. Rolling the devil's ice cubes. Like, you know, I don't know. But the great thing about that movement was they'd come out with like things, instead of rolling dice, they would make a um, spinner. Which to me is the devil's roulette wheel, but okay, whatever. Uh, and that would like get past the dice issue because you could spin. I don't know how you got uh, doubles because if you're playing Monopoly, that's pretty much how you win because uh, you get to roll again. I don't know how they did that. But, but see what I'm saying? It, it just became this thing over and over again. The list is not talking about that. And it's there's one big, big word in here that we can't miss, Okay. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Yours. If I'm reading this, it's mine. I don't make every effort to add to your faith. I make every effort to add to my faith. You make every effort to add to your faith. You don't make every effort to add to my faith. Not in a faith, but faith. You better not add to my face. Okay, right? Like, like, like we, now, and, then, and then the community, what we do as a community is we encourage each other and we build each other up. Now, that doesn't get us off the hook because this word goodness is very, very important if you want to participate in the divine nature. In fact, your do's and don'ts are really important. The basis of, of the list, because all these things build on each other. This isn't just a list of haphazard words that you can not put in order. You add to your faith goodness, and to that, knowledge, and to that, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll deal with those next week, okay? Right? Add to your faith goodness. It starts with the do's and the don'ts. They're very important. As a matter of fact, our, number, our, our point this morning, if you want to write it on your notes, is that being obedient matters. It matters a lot to how you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. As a matter of fact, the rest of the list is useless if you're not going to be obedient. 
If, if you think you're just going to go jump over obedience to knowledge, not going to happen. What, 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 if I, what if I jump over to self-control? Okay, I just, I miss, I skip obedience and knowledge and I, I get the self-control. Good, you'll probably be very self-controlled in some things. But if you miss this, the do's and the don'ts, the just the things that God is calling you to do, your life, your participating in the divine nature will not come to full fruition. It starts with obedience. Now, the great thing is, and here's the freedom, you're only responsible for you. You don't have to worry about that. Parents, you know, there's a different thing. You've got to raise up your child and the way you should go and all that kind of stuff. So there, there is that and wives, you know. But, but ultimately, you're only responsible for you. You don't have to worry about what so-and-so is doing on the weekend, what was on their Facebook. You don't have to unfriend them and tell them, if I ever, oh, that my virgin eyes saw the most horrific <clears throat> dress or whatever. Right? It, 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 all you have to worry about is you, which is hard enough, right? To keep track of all the, all the things we're supposed to do in Scripture. Now, let me show you something, because this is so important. We might start to get the feeling like, well, it is kind of all about works. No, this is the dichotomy of the spiritual life. We're saved by grace. And then we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. You see that? We're saved by grace. It's a free gift. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We can't do anything. And then we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And the participating in the divine nature is all about that. Working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now watch what it says. And this is a little bit of review from last week. uh, This is verse 8. For if you possess these qualities, if if you can obey where God calls you to obey, if you can take moral excellence as your foundation, like I'm going to try to do the right thing. If those qualities are yours in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know how to be an effective and productive Christian? The very first thing you do is obey. You obey your Heavenly Father. Now, this can get terribly frustrating because what happens is your Heavenly Father knows you and loves you. Two horrible things, right? He knows you, meaning you can't trick him. You can't be like, oh, no, I did that. Like, you can't go like, oh, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, you can't hide. You can't go down to the bottom of the ocean in a scuba tank and go, that's where I'll sin. He'll never see it, right? He knows you, okay? And it's just troubling. He knows everything. He knows exactly what you were thinking this morning when you got up. And your husband's breath was like that of a rhinoceros. And that thought that went in your mind like, Ah, oh, he's nasty. He heard that. <laughs> Not your husband, God, right? So it's frustrating. He knows you. The other frustrating thing, he loves you. So he's not going to let you go. So that thing that he wants you to obey in over and over or the little thing or all of a sudden there's a, there's a thing that comes up, that, that, that little thing, he's not going to let it go. And he's going to stop you in your tracks until you get to the moral excellence part. So it's kind of frustrating, right? On the other hand, it's so freeing. Because the God who knows you and loves you wants you to live out this. He wants you to participate in the divine nature. 
He wants you to do it. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to live a life that's pleasing to him. He wants you not worried about those little things about life and about relationships and all that kind of stuff. He wants you soaring above that. But unfortunately, just like any good parent, he doesn't just give it to you. Just like we don't with our kids. We earn it. So what does it mean to live a life of moral excellence? Well, there are the things we know about, right? We know about don't, don't lie, okay? We all agree on that one, right? Okay, yeah, well, it's tax time, okay? Don't cheat on your taxes. Don't lie, don't kill each other. We got all that. No affairs, okay? All, but then we get into this whole thing of this kind of like, I don't know, of language and things we watch and all that kind of stuff. Well, the Bible talks about this idea of excellence in another section of Scripture that kind of deals with all those little things. And let me just give you a little hint that I, that I do for myself. It doesn't mean I obey all the time for sure, but at least I know I'm being disobedient, um, which is important. Um, if you're questioning, like, is it really that bad to watch this? Right? I don't see anything in the scripture that says it's an amazing. And you start talking, but you know, I don't know. If it, I mean, really, is it really that big of a deal? Is it really that bad? That's usually an indication that the Lord's trying to do something in your heart. Usually, the, when you're just going off willy-nilly, you don't even think about it, you're just going, then, then fine. But when you're, when you're constantly going, well, I don't know. I mean, there's no xbox in here anywhere i've not found one thing so I, I i wonder i mean i can buy one right like that's again a bad example because i don't own one so it's easy for me to point at everyone else um but like like all of a sudden if those are your thoughts or okay what's you know okay okay forget the whole 10 percent tithing thing you know i mean how much really i mean how much really do i, I don't do i really have to if i if i do that i got to give up cable and i just really god really want me to do that i need to be culturally relevant i need to be able to talk about it you know like that those struggles that looks an awful lot like the holy spirit oftentimes but the joy and the beauty of a relationship with God is that you can work it out with him. You don't have to tell everyone that Xboxes are great and you don't have to tell everyone they're the, they're the devil's jukebox or whatever. I, I, you don't have to do any of that. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now listen, so here's the lens that God has us kind of look at our lives because, because the do's and don'ts aren't always so clear, are they? Now l- listen. It's in, it's in Philippians. It's so cool. And this kind of cuts through a lot of the stuff as we begin to like look at our lives and go, yeah, I do want a life that has the foundation of moral excellence. It says this, Finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, Whatever is of good repute, if there's any, and here's that word again, excellence. It's the exact same word, goodness, moral excellence. It's not excellence like the New York Giants were excellent. It's not that. It's goodness, which they're probably good people too. I don't know. Goodness, moral excellence. If there's any moral excellence in anything, if there's any goodness, and if anything worthy of praise, that, that's the stuff. That's the stuff we want to be focused on. Dwell on those things. Now, you see, on the one hand, Christianity is a bunch of do's and don'ts. Because being obedient is very, very important. 
Everything we value has do's and don'ts, rules, structure, right? If I want to be a lawyer and I go to get my, I go to the bar and I say, I would like to be a lawyer. And they say, you need to take an exam. And I go, what? You can't tell me. It's just a bunch of do's and don'ts. And so I go and I start my own law firm with no law degree. How much do you value that law firm? You don't value it at all, right? If I become a surgeon, like I want to become a surgeon. It's been my dream to become a surgeon. And so I go to the medical review board and I say, hey, I'd like to be a surgeon. And they're like, you need to go through um, medical school. You need to pass all these tests. And then you can become board certified. And I go, what? I got a scalpel. I open up my own clinic and I'm like, you know, like, you know, yeah, awesome, right? How much do you value that surgeon? No education, no, no review. We don't. We don't value the things that have no rules. In our marriages, we don't value a marriage that has no rules. We don't value friendships that have no rules. God loves us and he knows us. And he says, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence in anything, that's, that's the kind of people I want you to be. And by doing so, if we don't, we can forget the rest of the list. Because it all builds on obedience. And if, and if we're going to live a life and, and forget the obedience part, you can forget all the rest of the list. And God knows that because he wants us participating in the divine nature. <laughs> 